I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 176 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have been very excited about today's guest for quite some time now. I was scheduled to put this out last week, but we had to push our interview back just a bit because he is extremely busy. His time is very valuable, and I am, of course, talking about Grant Cardone. He will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Grant Cardone has built a real estate empire. He is a highly successful entrepreneur. His net worth is more than $300 million, so I'm just honored that he found some time to speak with me about fatherhood and family life. Uh, We conducted our interview using Skype. I posted a clip up on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace yesterday, and I'll be posting more today, so you got to follow me over there. This was my first interview I ever did using Skype, and I am still green with all this technology. I'm trying to get up to speed as quick as I can here. I did botch my end of the recording on this thing, so uh, Grant Cardone's tech guy, Johnny, was kind enough to send me his version of the video audio feed that we did of the interview. I'm very grateful to him for that, and that is what you will be hearing today. I'm still a work in progress here, guys, so bear with me. And today's interview may sound a bit different than my previous ones, and that is because it has been recorded on Skype. So you got to hit me up and let me know your thoughts, not only about the interview, but let me know what you think about the audio quality as well, good or bad. I do have to say that the negative criticism I've received over the last year of doing this podcast has been extremely valuable and helpful to me. So please be brutally honest with your feedback. All right. So I really hope you guys enjoy today's interview. Tomorrow on the podcast is going to be an ultimate fighting Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. If you're into the UFC, Tomorrow is for you. We have UFC 236 going down on Saturday, and joining me tomorrow will be UFC middleweight Eric Anders, who is fighting against Khalil Roundtree on the main card Saturday night. So um, it's going to be a really good interview. you got to check it out. Lock it into First Class Fatherhood. Next Friday, we're going to roll it back to Frogman Friday. Follow me on Instagram to find out just which Navy SEAL will be joining me on the podcast. All right, so let's go, dads. I have been extremely blessed to have so many great entrepreneurs on the show already. If you go through the archives, you'll see I've had Ed Milet, Bedros Koulian, David Meltzer, Andy Dane Carter, Joel Marion, and quite a few others. So if you're into entrepreneurship, go through the archives. You're going to find a few of these guys on there that you can listen to. And today is a special one indeed. All right, so let's go. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump right into the action now with Mr. Grant Cardone. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Joining me now, First Class Father, Grant Cardone. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Well, I, I claim that I have two kids. I got, I got a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. I just spent some time with them right before uh, I came over here today to my office and uh, try to see, uh, try to get them in the morning when they're fresh and happy and everything. So uh, these are my first two kids. Uh, I didn't have my first children. I didn't have until I was 51. So I'm an older father amongst seven and nine-year-olds. Okay. Yeah. My father had me when he was 50. So, um, I understand the dynamic there, but what kind of sports or activities do you have him into? 
Well, we don't, you know, they do. That, that's kind of not my deal with them. One, we homeschool them, okay? So they're not getting the, 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 the social, uh, uh, and they did. We, they were in, they were in uh, public schools or private schools for, for a second. And then we pulled them out and said, because every Monday that they, they were off, and then the Friday before President's Day they were off, it's like, I got they're, they're always off anyway. Let me, let me just get them through these 12 years in six years, and then they can travel with us and learn from us. So uh, whatever sports they want to do, though, they, 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 they can do. They're, they're both interested in music. Uh, one's like to sing. The other one wants to play the piano and uh, uh, the violin. And so whatever they want to do. So uh, uh, we'll support them in. Okay, very cool. All right, please, Grant, just take, take a second here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, I'm a, uh, I own... I don't know. I don't even know how many businesses we have here right now. One minute is seven. The next minute is 14. So um, we house everything under one property. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. I've written eight books, 13 best-selling business programs. We travel around the world. I'm getting ready to go to Singapore and Malaysia. Uh, my kids and my wife are very much part of my life, not my business. My, my business is incorporated into my life. It's one of the ways I get so much done. I probably spend more time with my kids than 95% of parents because of the way I've arranged my life. I'm never more than one mile away from my house and never one mile away from my office. So uh, the things that I do are, are, are very, uh, very uh, concise and kind of um, tight. Uh, and then when we travel, like I'll go to Singapore, Malaysia, Dubai, Hong Kong, probably Vietnam this year, maybe the Philippines, Australia, London, they're coming with me. And I refuse. I remember hearing, I think it was Jesse Itzler talk about it. he only had like 10 summers with his kids and he would count them down. I'm like, I don't want 10 summers. I, I want the winters. I want the falls. I want the springs. And so what my wife and I just talked about, how do, what kind of life do we need to create? Not what kind of business. What kind of life do we need to create so that we can spend the time, uh, you know, doing our lives uh, with our kids, with each other as, as, as um, partners, and then with our business. And you said, you know, you became a father later in life. How did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Well, look, you can't even get prepared for it, right? You know, I mean, it just changes you. It's just like, you know, one minute I'm Mr. Hard Guy and the next, next minute I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, it, it, it changed everything. Actually, be, becoming a parent taught me how to add time to my life. I hear a lot of parents talk about how they don't have time once they're a parent. Having Sabrina, the first one, uh, because I was so committed to spending time with her in the morning. Like my wife, she was tired, right, at night because, you know, with a new baby. So I would grab the baby, Sabrina, at 6, let Elena sleep into 7 or 8. And I would go hang out with this little 5-day-old kid, uh, bringing him to the soup. Bring, I didn't know what to do, dude. What, 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 I don't know what to do, right? So I'd just go places because I couldn't just sit down in a chair and hold a baby. So I would bring her places. And we would be the first ones to the supermarket. Uh, we were living in L.A. at the time. And I'm like, okay, now what do I do with a 10-day baby, right? And then I would go grab avocados and say, this is an avocado. Let's see what it smells like. Here's a grapefruit. This is what it smells like. 
So we had really quality time that first hour of the day. And then I would come home, bring the baby back, uh, get ready for work. I'd work out and get ready for work. And then I'd go off to the office and I wouldn't see them all day. Again, that was in LA. I was less than one mile from my office. So everything was tight. I wasn't spending time uh, traveling, uh, you know, in a car, missing my kids. We just basically rearranged the life so we could have quality in our life. And, and that takes people making some changes and giving up some stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well said. And I, I interview a lot of Navy SEALs. I've had about two dozen of them on the podcast. I just had another one on this morning. And uh, one of their models is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think for a lot of us, the first time that we have something like that is through fatherhood. I mean, it makes us all uncomfortable in the beginning, especially through to, you know, our first introduction to changing diapers, being up all night. So I think it really, you know, it impacts us. And even though there's been like billions of dads on the planet, until you experience it, you can't really understand it. So I think that's one of the greatest things about it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, th I think that's true probably with most everything until, you know, everybody's looking for the great hack. But until you do something, it, it's not hacked. And until you do it a bunch, um, you know, I'm a terrible mother. I think I'm a decent, like I'd give myself a 95 on a dad scale. But if you if you scored me as a mother, I'm like, like I, I can't even get I can't even get through the exam, right? Because I'm a terrible mother. I'm. It's not just who it's not who I am or what I'm ever going to be. Elena's a great mother, and and I think it's really important that the the people. It's why it's so damaging for split families, because it, really one person can't be everything. I was raised by a single mother. My dad died when I was ten, so she was trying to be dad and mom. It's impossible. No, nobody can be both those things. Um, so, you know, having a partner on the same page, uh, has been, has been really important. Like, like even when we go to a party today, I don't, I don't know what to do in the, at the party. I, you know, I want, I want to party with the kids, right? I want to go crazy. Yeah. Let's scream. Yes. Yeah. My, my wife's like, no, 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 we can't do that at this party, you know? So, uh, but the kids like it. Yeah, I mean, we are facing a fatherless problem right now in the country, and it is true. I mean, we need somebody. I mean, kids need, like, it takes a village to raise a child. They need to have somebody to nourish and to love them and then somebody to fight, protect, and defend them. And I think yeah. that, that both of those dynamics, I mean, just to have at least a father figure, you know, in the home is very important to a child's upbringing. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, the statistics, if people look up, uh, regardless, middle class, poverty, rich people, when the dad's vacant, you're talking about suicide rates almost triple. Uh, drug addiction rates go up four times. Incarceration goes up uh, two and a half times. Uh, or premature deaths. Uh, every number, every bad number goes up when the dad's not available. Yeah, it's, it's so it's 100%. I've had like several uh, law enforcement guys on the show here too. And that's what they're seeing on the street. The majority of the crimes that are being committed out there, drug use and all that stuff, is coming from broken families and, and just, you know, single parent whole households, you know, and no father figure in their life. And it's it's very tragic to see. Now, I know you said that you um, homeschool your kids. Right now, one of the difficult things for a lot of dads, myself included, uh, I'm about to have a teen. I have four kids. My oldest is going to be 13 next month. So we're bracing for impact on that one. But one of the challenges is the social media, the technology, the Fortnite, and all that stuff. So, do you keep your kids away from that, or how do you handle the technology with your kids? Well, we don't. We don't. I don't keep them away from it. I think it, the, the issue is going to be what. What am I going to do with them, other than that? So, look. Look. In every generation, it's been something. 
what 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 what's it going to be if it's not social media? Everybody's worried about the phone and like if it wasn't a phone, I don't know what was it in my generation. It was uh, asteroids. You know now now clearly like there's stuff I don't want my kids to see like on YouTube. Like there's things that pop up there. I'm like I do not need them to see that now. There's no reason to get get a kid traumatized and seeing images that that are just. But look, TV's just as bad, man. TV's just as bad. The school system, the public school systems, and the private school systems. I mean, to be completely honest, we, we had our kids in one of the best schools in Miami. And they were they were doing stuff in those those, those I was paying twenty six thousand dollars a year for that for for a nine, eight year old. And that that's fine. I, I'll pay whatever it takes to get my kids the best education. But when they're not getting the education. And then when they're getting the input from the teachers, and I'm not, I'm not talking about like political stuff. I'm talking about little stuff that I don't agree with. Like, oh, you got to be careful, you know, or you need to do this or you need to do that. No, you, you my kids don't need to do that. Uh, they, 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 they had a meditation class for my kids. I don't need my kids meditating during the day. I need my kids learning. You know, I need my kids uh, 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 interacting, communicating. If I wanted a meditation class, I'll bring my kids to meditation class, which I wouldn't, yeah. by the way. But but so we pull them out because I'm just like, I don't want that influence. I don't want the influence. So we have a nanny and the nanny. One of the na- the nanny said to Sabrina one day, she's like, oh, you need to be careful. And, and Sabrina started laughing at her. She's like, not in this family. <laughs> in this family, we're dangerous. We're not careful. The education system, it seems like it's built and designed for a generation of children that ended years ago. I mean, they're teaching stuff right now that's pretty much irrelevant. Yeah. And right now is the time of the entrepreneur. It's They don't teach how to accumulate wealth, how to set and achieve goals. They don't teach that kind of stuff. It should be taught, at least in yeah. high school. I'm with you, bro. Um, like like the social media question and the phone question, it's not, it. you know, the issue is not, to me, social media and phones. People are being used by this, but so are the parents. So like what I did with my, my daughter this morning was I'm like, look, I just got this Cameo app and Cameo is basically where I give a shout out to you, right? You, call, you, 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 you order, hey, I want Grant Cardone to give me a shout out and you pay for it. And I put in a price in there. So I'm showing Sabrina how to make money using social media, how to be a business person, how to manage finances rather than being used by it and being a spectator. And then it's going to be up to her whether she makes that decision or not. Yeah, these phones could be a gold mine or they can really destroy your life, depending on how you look at it. And I've, I never had any social media accounts until this is the first year. I, I'm one year into doing this podcast, so I never had any social media accounts. I've only used the phone. I hustle Uber on the side on the weekends with the phone. I used to drive a regular taxi cab, and this has revolutionized it because it's so much simpler, but the technology makes it easier for me to be able to make money. And that's really all I've ever used the phone for, especially yeah. now doing this podcast and stuff. Yeah, well, that's just a responsibility point, right? Because you're not going to... You're not going to keep, you're just responsible. And, and you know, you're not going to keep kids off of YouTube or social media or Instagram. It's just any parent that tries to do that. You know, I think the highest pre, uh, the highest teenage uh, pregnancy in the country is in Utah. It's where they don't talk about sex. What, what you don't talk about I know in my generation, if you, if you keep telling me drugs are going to kill me, drugs are going to kill me, and drugs are bad and drugs are, don't use drugs. Sooner or later, man, I'm going to use the drugs. Same thing with the alcohol. So what you, 
what you won't talk about and what you want to lock up and tell me not to touch, not to use, I'm going to be inclined to be curious about it. So, yeah, and the, the other thing about the social media, man, look, the parents are to blame because we're lazy. You know, I raised my hand as a lazy parent. Seven o'clock at night, I've had it all day. Uh, I'm like, I know the kids have been watching TV for an hour. And rather than going out and getting on my bicycle and riding a bike with them, can't, you can't ride a bike and do Facebook at the same time. So rather than doing that, I'm like, hey, let's just let them watch another hour and then I can watch billions. So it's really about lazy and responsibility for me. Yeah, you're right about that. And it's and I don't judge other parents either because I know how addicting and how hard it is sometimes, especially when you're when you have several kids and you're trying to get something done, whether that's dinner, a meeting, something. And, and the child is you can give them the phone, put on a show and bang, they're out of the way for a little while. And it's a, it's it's hard to judge parents because it, it is it gives a quick fix to that. We have the tools today to use that. I try when I do it, at least to make it something educational that they could be watching and at least maybe get some type of entertainment out of it. That's not poisoning their mind because like you said i'm afraid of the things that pop up and, and now like i said i'm about to have a teenager yeah and it's the access it, no matter what i do on his phone once he goes into the schoolyard anybody with an unmonitored phone i mean all a simple google search can bring up some you know horrifying images to a child that's never even been exposed to some of this uh, mature stuff at all yeah all right it is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then right back with more from grant cardone i'm alec lace and you're listening to first class fatherhood Kids are not born with a politeness gene. You can parent by example, which is a good way for kids to learn about sharing, proper behavior, table manners, and so on. But there's an app that reinforces every good thing you're teaching your child. The SirDap Game Show app challenges players ages 5 to 8 to choose good behavior in fun scenarios with quirky cartoon characters that keep good humor in the mix. Check out SirDap.com. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com to learn more. I mean, look, my kids come to me. They're like, Papa, I got served one of your ads today. Oh, my God, isn't that so awesome, Papa? So that's another thing that people can do to control it, particularly in this entrepreneurial space, the fact that they see me popping up, right? They're like, oh, that's my Papa, right? Uh, And they see how I'm using it. You know, my, my dad, even though my dad died when I was 10, my dad never really talked to me about, you know, a 50-year-old man's not going to talk to an 8-year-old about when he's got five kids, he's not going to go out of his way to give instructions, but maybe he will. But for the most part, it's going to be what he's doing every day. My dad never talked to me about hard work. I never remember him using those two words together, but I saw him hard. I saw him work hard. I saw him show up early in the morning. I saw him putting a suit on every day. I saw him coming home at night and, and what I saw him doing influenced me greatly. Now, when he died, uh, my mom took over. By the time I was 17 years old, I went from good kid, good middle-class kid, 17 years old. I was, uh, you wouldn't have known whether I was a project kid, uh, you know, slinging drugs and carrying a weapon or a good kid from a good neighborhood. And, and my mom could not have changed the direction of my life one iota by doing something one way or the other different. Nothing was going to change what I was going to do. So uh, 
you know, the parent can only do the deal, can only influence the past so much at some point. I think it's like, it, it's up to the kid to experiment with some of this stuff and decide what is right and what is wrong with them. That's where the ethics and the, the individual ethics, not my ethics on them. Sabrina and Scarlett have to have their own personal ethics. Like, so, yeah. so that's the kind of things I'm interested in my kids learning, not from a religious standpoint. What does ethics mean to them? Like they're doing a course today on what does ethics mean to them? It's seven years old. What are morals? What is right and wrong to you? They, they get to decide. I don't put a book in front of them and say, these things are wrong. You know, it's like they're writing their own Ten Commandments rather than me forcing uh, um, uh, doctrine on them. They, they get to, because when I pick, when I pick and is, that's my agreement, I, I'm much more likely to hold true to that. Yeah, well said. That's good stuff there, too. And now, listen, you've built a real estate empire here. And a lot of dads, one of the things is a lot of them are stuck in jobs that they hate. They fell into this trap, and now they're in the middle of it, and they have a family. So they would love to do something entrepreneurial, maybe get into real estate. But they feel like they're afraid if they fail, they're going to let down their family. So what advice do you have for that dad out there that's stuck in a job that he hates and he would love to sidestep and get into real estate? Yeah, look, the, the, re the reason I'm in real estate today is because it is probably simply the only vehicle that I trust to take care of my family long term. It, it's because because my dad died at 52 at a young age, um, you know, like my whole life. That, that, that's been one of the things I've been planning for the whole time. Like, I'm like, okay, that's what happens. You know, you, you, pe people die and they leave their family. So that, that, that impact at that moment is, is so, it was so crucial in my life that I have always looked for what's the vehicle that will change, that will not leave uh, my, my kids and my wife and my charities and my church, won't leave them in the same predicament my dad did. My dad was a hard worker. I mean, whatever it took, he was a good guy, ethics. But but it doesn't matter how good a person you are. When you die and the money stops, you died and the money stops. And um, so real estate, number one, you you know, the, the, the dad out there listening right now, you, you need to understand that real estate is the thing, when done right, that will live, it could live hundreds of years beyond me. I started, my first deal was a single unit deal. I wouldn't do that again. I would tell, advise everybody not to do one unit. Uh, my next deal was 32 units. Those 32 units by themselves, that one deal, the time it took to buy one single deal, those 32 units, literally, if I owned them, uh, uh, I bought those, I don't know, 25 years ago. I don't own them anymore. But if I'd have just kept those 32 units and given them to my wife and my kids, they could probably live forever on those 32 units. Wow. It might be a bit of an exaggeration, but certainly 5,000 of them they can live on, which is what we have now. What I would tell you, uh, Alec, about that, how to make the jump. Don't make the jump. You're a fireman. Okay. It's not about making the jump. I didn't make a jump. What I did was while I was being, while I was doing my main job on the weekends and at night, all I would do, I wasn't shopping Bitcoin. I wasn't researching stocks. You got to decide what you're not going to do because you can't do everything. So all I did was look at real estate. In my free time, I did I worked hard, built value with my customers, exchanged with whoever was paying me in abundance, you know, to be valuable so I, so I don't lose that income stream. And the next thing I did was every free moment, I shopped real estate, looked at it, learned about it. And and then any any free money I had was being stored, accumulated so that one day 
I could buy a, a, a deal. Yeah, it's kind of like Jim Rohn used to say, uh, you know, work part time on at your job or work full time at your job and then part time on your fortune. So yeah, something yeah. like that. This way uh, you build it up over time. How about discipline, Grant? What type of uh, disciplinarian are you as a father? I have never hit my kids. I have never whipped them and I don't threaten them like like very like if I say, hey, I'm going to take something away from you. It's a joke. It's just not necessary with my kids. So the deal, what we do is we reason with our kids. Um, uh, Sabrina was into slime, loves the slime. Look, these kids are intelligent, right? Rather than just taking stuff away from them, like just talk to them. Hey guys, the slime's got chemicals in it. Let me, let me show you what's in the slime. Borax, uh, you know, soap products, detergent. All that is going into the biggest organ in your body. Look, it's your organ. It's called skin. Okay, it's going to go in there. Borax is going to go in there. It's going to get in your blood seam. It's going to end up in your kidneys, your lungs, your heart, everywhere. And, you know, just have the conversation. Do you want to keep you want to keep poison in your body? It's your body. It's not my body. It's your body. Okay, my job as a parent is not to make them do something or not make them do something. It's to educate them and let them make a choice. And sure enough, I said, hey, you do whatever you want with slime. She was jumped out on slime, dude. She was like, she was like Snoop on Kush. Okay. <laughs> she loves slime. And, and she came to me three days later. Papa, I'm done with slime. I'm throwing it all away. And it was her decision, not mine. So that, that, that's the kind of, um, I mean, I've never really blown up at these kids. And, and, um, you know, my dad, my dad was a heavy, heavy disciplinary. You know, he whips you once and he threatens you the rest of your life, right? So, see, like, like we gave one, one of them a phone, right? And I said, bro, you, look, you lose the phone? It's your phone. You can lose it if you want to. And, and uh, same thing with money, right? Like, we, 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 we encourage them. Hey, they want to buy X? Good. Well, you got to do something to get X. So, so... All I'm doing is sharing the real world with them every day. I don't, I don't even know if I'm a good parent. You, you, you and I have had to get together about 10 years from now and say, hey, did it work or not? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I feel good about it right now. That's what's important. You know, they, they don't see me drinking and drugging and um, they, they don't see me perfect either. They hear me cussing and they run around the house. Papa, I heard that. Yeah, but but it is a it's a it's a on the job learning experience, continuing uh, to evolve and to grow, learn, change, and develop with it, man. And that's what I'm finding too, you know. So and it's a different dynamic now. Like I said, I have three boys and then the girl now. So um, it, it's been wonderful for me. It's been a big change in my life. You've had so much success here, Grant. What what kind of uh, goals or plans do you have for the future? More. I want I want I want to I want to be sure that we uh, my kids have friends all around the world. I want to go to Thailand. And the next time they go there, they'll have friends there. Singapore, they'll have friends there. China, they'll have friends there. Costa Rica, they'll have friends. I want, I want my kids to know people in every country, every little village. Dude, the power of that, right? For, forget how much you know. Who do you know? Okay? And who knows you? Because, like, I don't need any data. I, I don't need a lot of information if I'm hooked up with the people on this planet. And the fact that my kids can travel with me and go meet people in London and be my nanny, my nanny who became the homeschooler, who's probably not going to be the homeschooler, you know, forever. 
She's like, well, hey, wh- wh- what do you want them to learn? Dude, I want my kids to be in a room with 300 people. And if there's 50 conversations going on, they can rotate between all 50 conversations and not feel out of whack. Okay. I, I, I want them, to, you know, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. They don't need to know everything about that conversation. So these guys are talking about banking over here. This guy's talking about real estate. This person's talking about Elon Musk going to Mars. I just want them to be comfortable with these conversations going on and to be able to remember the people that were there and be present and, 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 and everybody feel good about their presence there and that they would influence people. That's my goals. My goals is just to litter the planet with enough, like go around the planet, not just America, not just Miami, but go around the planet and, and make friends and, and, and somehow leave a good impact on the planet. And then maybe my kids, maybe my kids be like, Hey, I remember when you came to Singapore when you were, you know, 10 or wherever, Taiwan or what, you know, and that, that, that would be a, a, an awesome contribution. Yeah, that's incredible, Grant. Yeah, and, and definitely the communication skills are starting to break down and, and that ability to, uh, you know, individually think for yourself. It's start, some of that because of the uh, technology is starting to hinder this younger generation just a bit. So, yeah, my, uh, my seven year old this morning, because we were I was showing him a map of Malaysia where we're going to be going in May. And my seven year old was like, oh, I'm scared. I said, what are you scared about? She's like, I'm scared our Chinese isn't good enough yet because they've been learning Chinese on Saturdays. Right. So now she's feeling the responsibility. She knows I don't know it. I said, look, I'm, I don't know the Chinese. You need to learn the Chinese. She's been learning Chinese since she was five. Wow. So you guys, your job is little freeloaders. So you're not a freeloader. You learn the Mandarin. You learn the Spanish. OK. And yeah, when we go there, cool. you got to be my translator. And the nine years old, nine year old says after Scarlett says, oh, I'm scared we're not going to have our Chinese ready. The nine year old says. That's what Google translators for. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Grant. I love to ask all the dads I get on my podcast. What type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Dude, the only advice I have for anybody is because, look, I don't know. I, I, all I know is what works for me. Right. Only advice I have for anybody is be the best person you can be. Forget being a great dad. If you're not a great person, you can't be a great dad. You know? So whatever, whatever, you know, if I want to be, uh, you can't be a great dad if you're drunk. You can't be a great dad if you're tired. You can't be a great dad if you're making excuses. You can't be a great dad if you're broke. You can't be a great dad if you're worried about money every second of every day. I know, I've been all those things. I was good to no one when I was worried about those five things. Uh, if you're not taking care of your physical condition, you can't be a great dad. Because you, you won't live long enough to be a great dad. So I would say... Don't be a great dad, be a great person, whatever that means to you. You know, there's only like five or six, seven categories that we all are interested in, health, finances, uh, relationships, charity, you know, whatever those handful of things that make you feel good, be great at those things. And you'll probably be a great dad. It'll probably just transition into you being a great dad. Yeah, well said. Uh, this has been an honor for me. I got to say, Grant Cardone, thank you so much. For You're the man, YouTube, dude. Man. I got to get some of that stuff in the background there. I like all the kid stuff. Yeah, that's the wall up there. Yeah, that's the project wall there, uh, the school jobs. I'm going to have my kids. We're going to have a, uh, them do something for him and send it to you. Maybe you'll throw it on your wall. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I would love that, man. Hey, th- I can't say thank you enough for giving me a few minutes of your time here. Thank you, Alec. You got it, buddy. Thank you.
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Grant Cardone for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's interview, and please let me know what you thought about today's sound quality. I want to hear it all, so smack me with some feedback. I love to hear all your thoughts, and you got to lock it in for tomorrow's episode. We are going to have an ultimate fighting edition of First Class Fatherhood here. We are going to get you ready to rumble Saturday night. One of the fighters from the main event of UFC 236 will be here with me, and I'm talking about Eric Anders. So lock it in. That's all I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales, as tall as a tree, and a soft feeling.